welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey, and I'm joined today by uh, uh, artist, uh, singer, songwriter, filmmaker, uh, whose most recent album came out about a year ago. It's called Max Devereaux Sings the Blues. Uh, I'm excited to talk to him about his passions, artistry, and why he does what he does. He's released um, like 27 albums or so. <laughs> in his lifetime, uh, so he's a very prolific artist. Uh, and uh, I'm excited to talk to him about his process. So Max Devereaux, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome, how are you doing? I'm good, man. Um, yeah, just waking up. Yep, uh, are you a coffee drinker? I'm not, that's a good question. No, I'm not a coffee drinker. Um, I just really just stick to water. You got the water too. Okay. Well, it's, uh, you know, I mean, I'm a big coffee drinker. I've already had two cups, but the walk, but like you can't drink coffee, like with the absence of water for me, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. otherwise, like, I just feel like shit, <laughs> like yeah. the water, because caffeine dehydrates, dehydrates you. Yeah. yeah. So hydration is uh, of the utmost importance. Absolutely. Especially, especially us uh, grinding creatives. Yeah. So what is that like for you? You wake up and then it's like an immediate, you're pouring a cup of coffee. Yeah. So I have a very like um, pretty uh, rigid morning routine. So mm. I wake up, take my antidepressant, mm. look at my phone and look, look at all the notifications or whatever. Um, then usually I lay in bed for like 10, another 10, 15 minutes. And then I go over, uh, fix up the coffee pot, you know, press start. And then I go take my morning dump (laughs) and then, uh, the coffee's being made, uh, while that's going on. So usually it's done by the time I'm done. And then Uh I pour myself a cup and then I come here and I do breaking and entering. That's pretty much what I do every single day. Beautiful. So how long do you like work in the day? Like, so from start to finish, you wake up at this time and then you work till this time. Um, I, I, it kind of depends on uh, when I wake up. Like I, I usually, unless I have a podcast in the morning, like where I have to like, you know, get my shit done at a certain time. I usually don't set alarms, but usually I'm up between like nine and 10. So, Mm -hmm. um, so then I just get started from there. And then um, obviously that like, I, that's always like the first thing I do every morning is the breaking and entering. Stuff. Yeah. So uh, what does that entail? Like, cause I, you know, I've been kind of following that stuff. What does that like all entail? Like your duties with breaking and entering? Uh, so uh, I have like a, a Google doc of all of the music that I found that um, found for us to cover that week. And this is local music, correct? Or do you do right. national stuff? Uh, it's all local or otherwise like have some kind of Milwaukee tie. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, so I, uh, so I like kind of arrange like the Google doc and like what we're covering which day. So then like, um, I just pretty much just uh, open up my uh, WordPress and um, listen to it wherever it's on Bandcamp, Spotify, SoundCloud. I usually listen to like the albums first 
Yeah. That takes more time. And absolutely gives me more time to kind of wake up and like digest like the full body work rather than worth a single, you have to think fast. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah, usually I do right now, um, because we've just expanded so much right now we're at about four to five pieces a day. Uh-huh. Uh, so, great. Uh, yeah, yeah. So usually, um, it takes everywhere from like an hour to two hours and, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's a great way to be. I just wish, well, yeah. I just wish I, we got paid more. <laughs> oh, absolutely. That's always the big one. But I was wondering, like, what portion of your day is then just spent listening to music? Oh, that's a good question. Um, well, the podcasts, uh, you know, that kind of plays into the way the rest of my day looks, um, or if like I have something else going on that day or something, but. Um, but in the afternoon, I I also have a big note in my phone of all the discographies I got to listen to. Um, I'm on a psych rock kick right now. So um, I've been, so I try to listen to, you know, some days I don't have any time for that, but, but most days I try to listen to like, you know, two or three albums in the afternoon. Beautiful. Beautiful. So listening is a huge part of your life. Like you listen all the time. Man, gotta stay stimulated, and yeah. <laughs> and also, it's also like a matter of like, there's just so much out there. We have no idea. Like, there's just so much music and art out there. Like, it terrifies me to think that like, what if the greatest thing like I would ever hear in my life, I may never actually hear. Right on. And so I got to keep hunting for it and finding it. And, oh, and finding new shit. Would you label yourself an explorer? Oh, yes. Big time. I think then we're like family in that way that um, as far as listening goes, I love to explore constantly, you know. A lot of uh, Spotify rabbit holes. Oh, interesting. So I'm the YouTube rabbit hole guy. Oh, sure. Dope. Yeah. Well, what about you? Like what what role does listening play in your uh, routine day by day? It depends on what... um, process I'm involved in so say I'm like not recording anything not working on anything I'm usually just doing what you do I would say which is just constant exploration expansion trying to hear everything that I can get it all in there Um, if I'm recording I get into these weird like tunnel vision things where I like only can see like four or five different records or maybe like two or three different artists and I listen to them intensely so that a little bit of what they're doing kind of comes into what I'm doing. Sure. Yeah. It's just, so, it's really weird. So it like, um, artists kind of come in bursts for you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's interesting. There's times where I'll like come back to an artist, like an old friend yeah. and I'll listen to their, you know, their work or something else. I'll see something new in it. And I'm sure this happens to you as well. You just see something new in it. And then you're like, well, this hits me now where I'm at in my life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I um, recently, last week, I was um, out on a walk. I was taking some pictures of the Bradford Beach, like ice formations. Oh, yeah. I've been seeing pictures of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I just, I hadn't really ever seen the beach over there, like in that, like this time of year. So I really wanted to go check it out. And I, yeah, it was beautiful. And um, I, while I was, 
walking around there, I got back into Grizzly Bear, which were like one of my favorite bands in college. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just, I hadn't listened to them in like such a long time. So being able to like be in that really like, you know, serene, like winter transforming into spring uh, scenery uh, mm -hmm. was just a really good, um, it was a good vibe for like that, you know, the harmonious folk that Grizzly Bear does. So totally ideal. Yeah. Yeah. So it curiosity. is like an old friend. Yeah. Just out of curiosity, what uh, Grizzly Bear records or, or, you know, what were you getting into? Um, or getting back into, I should say. Man, I'm, that's a good question. I honestly, I think Yellow House has become like my favorite um it's just such a gorgeous yeah so gorgeous but you know i love becca to mist um a ton uh mm -hmm. shields has some some bops on they it had some good songs on it yeah yeah, yeah. i mean they're just such a like terrific band for sure yes. have you checked out department of eagles i have i have they're mm -hmm. also great and yeah. Daniel Rawson's uh, solo work. I'm solo a, work, yeah. Silent uh, Hour, Golden yeah. Mile. Is it Golden Mile, Silent Hour? I can't Some, remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, they're all just, uh, wonderful musicians. Um, yeah. I, I like a lot of Brooklyn indie. I also got back into TV on the radio. I also cool. hadn't really listened to them in a while. Cool too. band, yeah. Very cool band. What did they, whatever happened to them? Good question. Um, well, I know they're... Some of their members are like involved in different things. So um, like film and art and shit like that. So yeah, I'm sure they're just taking time to just do their own thing. But yeah, I, um, but yeah, I mean, it'd be nice to hear from them since last time Seeds came out in like 2014, I think. Yeah, so it'd be great to get another record from them. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, dude. So it sounds like you really like this very sort of ornate, like intricate music because it gives you something to really sink your teeth into and like revisit and stuff. My favorite is uh, Animal Collective. That's it doesn't get more elaborate and ornate than that. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah man, that's like wall to wall sound. I mean, that's the that is the sort of the Phil Spector wall of sound, you know, that they yeah. employ. Uh, precisely yeah what what have you been listening to lately so right now i'm like obsessed with this band thin lizzy so they're a band from ireland from dublin um and their lead singer is a guy phil Linet, who he's also their bass player and he's got this real just driving bass playing that's in it's in the mix like very present in the mix which i love bass i started on bass so for me, Phil Linnett, when I was seeing like, oh, he's singing and playing bass. Most people would say like, I was seeing Paul McCartney singing and playing bass. And I was like, that's what I want to do. I was more like, no, I want to be Phil Linnett. And I think it's because he's blending a lot of just like, like soul and like beautiful, like R&B and rock and metal and like just finding a really interesting synthesis of ideas. Yeah. And Lizzie, check it out. If you, need, if you need album titles or actually what I did, I don't know if you use YouTube music, but I have a playlist where I went through their discography and picked like the no nonsense best fucking songs from Thin Lizzy. And I could absolutely send that to you or anyone who wants it. That's cool. I I've heard of them. I just haven't listened to them. So that's great to know. Um super, you and I super underrated. Super, super, super. Damn, okay. You're you and I'll 
Right. We'll have to we're gonna have to swap uh swap uh records soon because that's love it. Yeah. Yeah. So that being said, Max, um, so what we talk about on Mr. Nice Guy, we talk love and fear, passion and creativity. Yeah. And uh yeah, you're full of that. Um, you express yourself in various ways. Um, I know you have an art page, you have a massive uh catalog of records. Um the first, I first, the first one that I actually heard you from was uh, your most recent one, uh, which mm. came out of a year ago, which we covered on Breaking and Entering. Yeah, um, thank you for that, by the way. You're you're super welcome. Um, but yeah, I mean, I uh, I know you're, you're you're from Milwaukee, right? Like you, born and raised. Oh, I'm from Milwaukee. Let me tell you, oh. <laughs> North Side, um, around. Uh, Lisbon and Burleigh, where those streets intersect. Fair. And grew up, born and raised. Yeah. Oh, okay. And you're in the Twin Cities now? Well, so it's difficult to answer that question because I do um, move around quite a bit. Um, mm -hmm. I have been living in the Twin Cities for the last year or so. Um, actually, right now I'm not in the Twin Cities. I'm in Los Angeles, but um, oh, I move okay. around quite a bit. So. Oh, dope. Well, hey, that's cool, too. Um, that's really cool. Um, I've uh, never been to Los Angeles as an adult and would really love to make a trip out there. When I do, I got to come see you. <laughs> Dude, you got to. OK, so, yeah, come on out because, you know, you love music, man. Yeah. And they do music. They, I guess they do music here, I guess. Yeah, I, I heard uh, people dabble in that sort of thing out there. Uh, <laughs> yeah oh man yeah dude seriously. so that being said max so yeah tell me about like kind of like the role art and music and just kind of like i don't i mean you're because you do several things i guess it's like what came first mm. uh when you were younger Ooh, that's a good one okay yeah so um i think around kindergarten I started realizing that I really like to draw. And then I thought, well, okay, what's a job where you can draw all the time? You could be a painter, you could be an artist. So then I realized, okay, that's a job. And then one thing led to another and I realized that like music was cool. And I started like, you know, listening to music more intently and like paying attention to it and then playing. And this is very early age, mind you, like I'm still not, I'm not even 10 yet by, by this time. And, um, then from there, um, I started realizing that cinema had like great value and great interest to me because it was like a sort of synthesis of painting, drawing, being an artist and the musical aspect of like including sound and scores and whatever. So that all comes together in, in cinema. And then that becomes the sort of holy grail of the thing that I'm chasing ultimately. And that kind of brings us to present day where I have this sort of holy trinity of painting, music and filmmaking that sort of guide me through my life and become like that thing that I'm chasing. Yeah. Damn, okay. That's, I mean, that's a great way to be, uh, to have access to, you know, several different mediums of whatever you want to convey an idea or a thought or a feeling in. That's awesome like that's i feel like that's you 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 definitely like um you embody like 
the the essence of being a creative in that sense. I try to. I think um, I don't want to quote Wagner too much, but he always talked about the Gesamtkunstwerk, the complete artwork, the total artwork. Are you also like, are you a food oriented guy? Interesting. What makes you say that? Hey, food is art, my friend. Food is uh, creativity as well. Well, it's, it's the reason that's such an interesting question that you would go there is because I have a bunch of food allergies. And so I have this really complex relationship with food bordering on apathy, which is a shame because I think food is awesome at the same time. Yeah, my uncle's the same way. Really? You have an uncle with a bunch of food allergies? Oh yeah, he's allergic to like everything. <laughs> we have to <laughs> we have to plan ahead when uh, we're for family uh, gatherings and things. Yeah, yeah. So exactly. I'm like your uncle, and like every time, everyone has to accommodate me, and they're always like, "What you gotta make that vegan? You gotta do this without nuts? You know, like all this shit." So, and I appreciate the the great efforts that they go into, and I'm sure your uncle does as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, we we make it work for sure. We definitely make it work. Um, yeah. You know, and that's that, that's what I'm saying about food being art is that you can make just even if you have to uh, um, abide by certain restrictions, like there's still such a seamless um, approach you can take to flavor and texture and combinations of yeah. different stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I'm a like that's another kind of a hobby of mine is uh, exploring all the great food Milwaukee has to offer. Interesting. I got to ask you, because you're in Milwaukee right now. You live there. Are you from are you from there, though? I'm not. Um, I actually grew up outside of Chicago. OK. Um, south suburbs of Chicago. South suburbs. Sure. And I came here in 2014 for UWM. Nice. Yeah. I see behind you, you got the Panthers uh, pennant there. Yep. Yeah, sure. that's cool. Yeah. And um, graduated in journalism. Cool. and uh you don't say a, right yeah yes and uh still kind of going the diy route but I'm, i love that i'm happy that way yeah and i've been in river west for almost two years now okay great i'm wondering about like your trajectory too so like you've started or you're working with the breaking it did you start it or did you are you like just sort of i i i joined in i joined, joined on. In. it's alan hollis's thing like he he started it Okay, but you're you're with those guys, and you're doing the DIY thing. And and what's the trajectory like for you as far as like what would be your ideal situation? Like, where do you want to finally end up as in your with your journalism or whatever? You know, that's a really interesting question that I don't quite have a um, uh, like a precise answer to because yeah. um, <sighs> ideally, I would love to do what I'm doing right now and get you make make it sustainable yeah and i think that alan and i have a really we built a lot of momentum uh, in doing that in like Absolutely. the last couple of years yeah but um i also started doing freelance pr um uh -huh. make some more money on the side too so i just want i mean i want to help and i also want to throw shows when shows are more of a thing again really so like yeah so i mean i just want to like i want to make my work being like just being somewhat somewhat of a, of an ambassador to arts and music and the culture that we well, have to your credit to your credit i've already seen you doing that like just peripherally i've seen you doing that so keep up that aspect of what you're doing because it, it comes across it's very clear 
that you're very interested in like fostering a beautiful scene and getting people involved. And I love the mentality that Breaking Entering has where it's like, we'll cover anything as long as it's local. Yeah. Beautiful stuff. Love that. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, dude. I, that means a lot. <laughs> um, hey, from every sphere, you know, what everyone does, like it all matters, you know, like, and we want to, we want to break up that hierarchy. Like, yeah, absolutely. Well, I would say, you know, just as an artist and somebody who's been uh, challenged by the hierarchy or challenged by the way that the business works, um, to have people that care about the little guy or care about the person who's not so sure about what they're doing or just to have any sort of support. It like, it takes you to the next level as far as like, well, okay, maybe this is valuable in some way. Cause that's like one of the biggest things you struggle with as an artist is like, is what I'm doing valuable? Does it matter? But to have people like you say it matters, it could be so inspiring somebody in their bedroom right now, just like, wanting to start out and try something because they should try something, you know, you should always try. 100%. That answer will always be yes, it is valuable. Like that, it's a perpetual yes. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's what we live by. Um, yeah. So, so in terms of like your own, like playing music. So I guess like, when did you start writing actual songs of your own? Oh, we're getting to the meat of the interview now. Right, yeah. When did I start writing my own songs? Um, at the end of high school, I would say, well, okay, so I think a lot of musicians talk about in their early days, starting to realize that there's music flowing through their brain, like in, in one ear, out the other, and some of it not being music that they're just hearing in the outside world, like from someone else. Like they're starting to have music that's, from within them flowing through them. So you get into that, you tap into that. Um, but yeah, at the end of high school, I started realizing like, okay, this, this is a powerful current, that's powerful channel that I can tune into. And then from there, it was kind of off to the races. Once I figured out how to play at least an entry level guitar and bass, I started to apply that to the songwriting process. And then yeah, you're off to the races and just making songs. You never looked back, clearly. Yeah, well, it's yeah, no, I don't think I don't think it would behoove one to look back unless, of course, you're trying to like review, you know, what you've done in some sort of um, trying to be objective way, you know, yeah. as best you can. But for me, it's more about that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what's the state model of Wisconsin, man? Uh, good question. I, I should know, but I don't even know. <laughs> what it's is forward. it? It's forward. Oh, yeah, that's one yeah. word forward forward yeah <laughs> like a politician yeah yeah well you, you i mean you clearly i mean you've poured so much into lyrics and sound and you know the um the bodies of work um so like uh what were like what have been some of your biggest like influences um oh. mm. okay you want me to go way back or like how are we doing this uh um you could yeah take us take us to the beginning take us to the beginning take us to the beginning so my biggest influence at the very beginning would it would probably my dad um because he played music in the Northwoods of Wisconsin mm. kind of in the uh, Oneida County area if you know where Rhinelander is I do yeah yeah sure you do my my mom has a friend who lives up there 
There you go. Yeah, so my folks are from up there. So my dad was up there playing in bands and touring around just, the, you know, the local scene or whatever, you know. And he uh, he was really into like country Western music as well. And so I, I recall as a child, he'd play acoustic um, like Marty Robbins songs mm -hmm. or, you know, the occasional Elvis Presley song. So really just early, early memories are, are like sort of these country influence stuff. So that's like kind of gets you to that point of like, I understand that you can have really, really simple but beautiful songs. So that that becomes a huge influence. And then as I get a little older, I start spending a lot more time with my brother and like, you know, actually listening to what he's telling me about music. And he's really into jazz. And so he starts bringing jazz records home from the Wisconsin Conservatory of Music, which I don't know, have you, do you know where that is? I'm familiar. Yeah. yeah. It's a cool place. It's a, if you ever get a chance to go inside, it's a historic building. I think it's on like Prospect. It's on Prospect. Sure. Okay, cool. Yeah. So he'd go there to do jazz camps and jazz lessons because um, he plays the saxophone and he would bring home from there because they had an extensive library, tons and tons of jazz records. So that was like the two early influences if we're looking at country Western and like Americana and like that stuff and like, I guess, rock, you could say. And then the jazz music from my, so my, from my dad and my brother, two different influences there. And then they come together in me. And then I'm like, well, how can I make some sort of connection between these two things? And then you start getting into your, you know, other stuff. Um, I could talk about, I could drop a bunch of names about people that I really like, like that. I mean, you want me to? I can. Sure. Yeah, of course. Okay. I don't want to, I, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll just briefly say that. So Frank Zappa, um, David Bowie. Mm -hmm. Nat King Cole. No, this is I, this is not even worth it to list names because it, it would go on forever. But let me just say that, yeah, Frank Zappa definitely and David Bowie for like really early influences. Oh, awesome. Great. Yeah. My dad but, was really into Zappa. Your dad was into Zappa. Yeah. My mom hated Zappa, but my dad liked Zappa. <laughs> yeah, but how do you feel about Zappa? Uh, he's badass. I, 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 I have mad respect for just such an abstract take on like rock and pop and whatever the hell you call his music. Like it's, I, I think it's awesome. I just, I think I have to real honest, I haven't listened to him in a long time, so mm -hmm. I'd have to revisit, but. Beautiful way to start out. So that there was a documentary that Alex Winter did that came out last year. Mm -hmm. um, if, any anyone who's like what who is this frank zappa guy what should how do i begin here because it is kind of daunting because he made a lot of music watch the documentary it has a beautiful the soundtrack that accompanies which is probably on spotify and everything sure. has a great sort of collection of his work from all of the years of his you know the different evolutions of what he was doing beautiful way to just you know take two hours and really just get a nice introduction to zappa because you won't be disappointed good to know i'll make a note of it awesome mm -hmm. Yeah, it's vast. It's definitely yeah. a. It is a vast undertaking. <laughs> yeah, I really, I really respect that though. Like that sort of, you know, always moving forward, always trying to challenge oneself and push the boundaries. These are all things that I think um, I definitely value in being an artist. For sure. Yeah. So, so did you just kind of just go, uh, go, like all in on writing songs and. 
piecing together like what goes with what like how like how how does your like songwriting and production process look like over the years Mm -hmm. sure so it's it's pretty much been the same throughout once I realized that I could do all of the recording myself it was super empowering for me at least to like you once you have the gear set up and you can just roll. I mean, you got to have the songs too. And that, that has changed over the years. I think initially I was doing a lot more writing as I was recording, which the results are very clear what that sounds like. If you listen to the early records that I've done, it's, it's chaotic. It's not organized. It, there's something about it that feels very free and fun, but like at a certain level, it's like, I don't know, it's better to have a little bit of a game plan as far as like, how can we really, really make this a solid composition so that's that's what changes i think for me is like having stronger compositions and realizing like we don't need something like some of my music in the mid period where i'm like starting to like write a little bit more before i'm recording um but still not really understanding like this song doesn't need to be six minutes doesn't need to be four minutes i could do with two and a half minutes or something so that i think is the biggest change over the years has been like how did the compositions uh, influence how I'm recording them, yada 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 yada. Yeah, I got. I got. You. What, uh, what year was your? Uh, did you release your first one? I feel like it's like 2012 or 2013. So like right around the end of when I was in high school. Sure. Awesome. Um, mm-hmm. What did uh, performing look like to you? Um, like over the years as well, like uh, in terms of gigs and stuff. Hmm. Um. I guess the biggest thing was singing in, I'd play in other bands for a little while. I wasn't touring or I wasn't playing my music pretty much ever for the first half of, I guess, that period of time. Um, Just only recently started doing shows under my own name Um, because I think, I don't know, I really don't know why I wasn't, I really don't know why I wasn't playing out much. But um, now that I do, like I, I can, I can do a show under my own name and stuff. I, I really love it. It's very enjoyable. Yeah, yeah, totally. What, what were your old bands? Well, so they're okay. So the old bands, it's like me. It's like, like sometimes I join in something my brother was doing, just like playing, you know, something. Um, but I wasn't like play, Okay, so maybe saying old bands isn't like totally accurate. I don't feel like I played out very much at all, really. I really, sure. I, I feel like I, that's one thing that, um, you know, the COVID, they always talk about the different things that you wish um, you could do because you can't do it. So one of the things that I wish I had done more before COVID was played out more because it's fun and it's a good hang. Yes, it can get a little bit droll at times, but like for the most part, it's something I wish I had done more, which I think it's interesting, like, I spent the time that I should have been playing live recording. And now that everyone is recording and just being at their home doing like DIY records and stuff because they're isolating and they're not playing out yeah. like that's, that it doesn't, it's like, doesn't make sense. Like I should have done it the other way, but here I am. So you're, you were like largely like a studio guy. Like, yes. yeah. Like Dan. Right. Yeah. You're just, I love his music. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my sister loves Steely Dan too um yeah good shit yeah like where you were just kind of hold up and writing and recording and just putting stuff out for a long time and uh, like 
um, it just kind of became like a, a personal like passion project. But now it's like you're you want to like kind of transcend into more of like a, a performer and and yeah bring your songs to life in a live setting. Yeah, because it it is so cool to look out in an audience and see somebody connecting with something you made. That is like super undervalued, at least in my mind. Like, I mean, most people would say that they love that and they really get off on that. But for me, I never like wanted, I didn't give a fuck what anyone thought. And now I'm like, well, you can still have that mentality. I don't give a fuck what anyone thinks. But I also like this, like I could see a person really connecting to something I'm making. And like, that's kind of, that's heavy. Oh yeah. Well, it is because especially when you reach that point where it's like, you're well past the point where it's like, whether people like it or not, you're still going to do it. Yeah. So at that point, it's like, I don't give a fuck what people think, but I'm still curious what people think. Some Absolutely. people might not like it, Absolutely. but some people, but some people will. And at that point, it's like, you know, you, you just, it's a give and take and mm. you, uh, you just, you've already well like connected yourself and your soul to this outlet so you're just gonna no one can hurt you once you've connected like you said you connect your soul to the outlet like no one can touch you at that point and that's really beautiful like so maybe in that sense i've gone through the jedi training necessary to go out into the world and be a jedi there you go i uh i support your your jedi odyssey (laughs) let me ask you do you think it's too late do you think it's too late well how old are you well, I'm 26 at the time of this recording, but I'm not saying just about like age wise. I'm just saying like the actual age that we live in. Is it too late oh. to try to go and connect with an audience? Oh, no, not at all. I think we're actually really? going to have we're going to have a big uh, reawakening of that. Like there will be a new. It's I think we're entering a honestly like a rena- we'll be in a renaissance once, you know, COVID has somewhat like died down or like you know especially i mean this year the vaccines are rolling out so i think that honestly like i think we're gonna see a massive renaissance of live music and um artistic spaces Mm. and just you know a sense of community um i think uh it's a great time to start for you okay yeah interesting I have that thought. So a lot of people are saying, or at least I've thought of it like a slingshot. You're like pulling it back. Everyone's inside. Everyone's alone. Everyone's at home, isolated. Yeah. You release once the vaccines are rolling and restrictions are lifted and people are able to feel safe and comfortable going out. And then suddenly you're launched into, you know, another roaring twenties where we have people just like at, shows all the time and i mean this is of course a very idealized version of what might happen but i i would love to believe in that too i would yeah. love to believe in that i'm optimistic about yeah. Personally. yeah so tell me about your most recent album max devros sings the blues i'd love to kind of hear sure. what place uh this record uh is coming from that's cool yeah yeah so that was i think i recorded that about a year ago so now we're kind of i feel like i have some good like I can see it for what it really is at this point. Yeah. Um, that was one that I literally cranked out in a week uh, during the sort of the beginning. So I had just gotten uh, laid off from my job and I had played the last show that I was ever going to be able to play before everything got really, really bad. So this was like in 
February, March, late February, early March. And uh, I was looking at the world sort of closing. All the doors were starting to close. And so I, I, as a person who doesn't like closed doors and doesn't like that feeling of being trapped in or, or being restricted in any way, I lashed out in the only way that I thought I could, which was to create a piece of music. And so that's where Max Devereaux Sings the Blues comes into play. And uh, I had a great time doing it. I mean, it was, it, I think it turned out to be a pretty solid uh, record, at least for the records that I kind of make. Like it's definitely one of the better ones. I don't know, I guess that's about all I really know about it. There's some, there's some neat songs on there. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's, I mean, like you said, you're always moving forward. So mm -hmm. sometimes uh, reflecting on old thoughts might seem alien or just might seem. Are you talking about right now? Like just talking right, about. Right, right. Like right now, like thinking about, oh, what, what was I thinking of when I wrote that song? It's like yeah. sometimes, you know, it really, sometimes it can stick with you. And sometimes it's like, oh man, I was in a different place when I wrote that or some shit. Well, okay, you see me getting lost talking about it like in the abstract, but if you were to like nail, you know, if you were to say, you know, tell me about the first song, you know, or whatever, like I could take you, I could walk you through every pro songwriting process for the most part, but yeah, in the abstract, like, you know, or in, in the larger, you know, sense, it's hard to talk about it. Like other, I don't know. Especially because time has this all blended together in the last year. Well, yeah. Yeah. I've been, yeah, and it's interesting. So you, 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 at the time of this, you know, interview, you've, you've got me in an interesting spot because the last time I did a record was that record. And actually right now, the reason I'm out in LA right now is I'm recording what will be my next record. Right. Uh, so I'm just sort of, you know, I'm in a house, I'm staying in a house in Echo Park and I'm, you know, just not seeing, obviously not seeing a lot of people and just working, you know, intently on what I'm doing um, to try to, replicate a similar feeling um that I, I was able to tap into with the things the blues obviously with that last one you know i was thinking about different stuff so um the songs will be different very exciting looking forward to hearing it my friend i was going to ask you because i you know it's rare that i get to talk to buddies from milwaukee but like what's going on is everything kind of chill over there is like things are things open like what's the vibe I mean, things are open. Um, it's most things are at somewhat of a limited capacity, I would say. Um, I mean, Evers has a mask mandate. So, I mean, uh, the mask like, mandate. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I like, I don't obviously like, I'm not really going out. Like, I'm mostly just at home all the time. Yeah, but are um, you really? <laughs> I am. <laughs> <laughs> Other than the, uh, the walk. Uh, around Reservoir Park that I try to take a couple times a week but sure sure yeah I mean I mean I mean like the bars are open um and there's still people going to them but it's kind of just like we're, we're waiting for it to get a little nicer out so we can start going on walks and hanging yeah, out yeah doing the outdoorsy stuff oh yeah totally I, I, was I, gonna, I was gonna ask you like what's your favorite hike in Milwaukee um hmm. i do love i mean i love oak leaf trail yeah it's great mm -hmm. um, but i also uh i love going over by atwater beach yeah dude oh that's that's my favorite beach to actually swim at in milwaukee for sure it's it's a gem that 
like it's the perfect sunrise spot oh okay cool perfect mm-hmm. i try to go to the sunrise a couple times a year yeah. uh, but but i recently like this past year i started hanging out more in bayview um mm. and i really like south shore a yeah. lot yeah um i love the beer garden over there and uh yeah i i definitely have found different little pockets of milwaukee that uh I enjoy returning to for some tranquility. That's one of Milwaukee's strengths of these little sort of just pockets of bliss. Now, you didn't mention one that's my favorite. Um, have you been to Seven Bridges? No. Have you heard of it? Yes. Okay. Where is that one? I feel like it's in South Milwaukee or it's somewhere somewhere south of Bayview. Okay. I'll have to maybe take the bus down there and uh, get over there. That sounds nice. Are you, you, know, you don't have a car? I don't. No. Neither do I. Yeah, right. One in the same. Bus guy, yeah. Bus guy, yeah. Well, the buses. I love the Milwaukee buses, man. I took those buses for years and spent a lot of time on the. Probably wrote songs on the bus. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a good uh, introspective catalyst for sure. Yeah. Um. So, in terms of you, so you're also a filmmaker. Um, yeah. I'd love to kind of hear about how like how you've dabbled in that and just kind of like the role it's played in your expression. Okay, great. So um, with filmmaking, I realized early on that it was going to be the hardest thing that I would try to do as far as the going back to the Holy Trinity of things that I like to do, painting, music, and filmmaking. So knowing that I was like, how do I tackle this? So I, I, I was looking at a lot of different angles. One of them is the traditional route, which is that you go to a film school. So I tried it for a week. I was at UWM. Oh, yeah. Where you go or went. That's a uh, very, um, very experimental film program for sure. It's a great film program. Don't get me wrong. I was there for a week. I, I knew immediately that it was not for me. So I had to depart, sadly, and say yeah. goodbye to my friends there. Made some good friends though. And then from there, I was like, well, okay, this is going to be more of one of those things that I take on long-term, you know, because I don't have, I'm not made of money and I can't just finance a production because if I wanted to, if I had the money, I'd be making films all the time. And I'm sure most filmmakers would tell you that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. So do you have, do have you had filmmakers on this program? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. A number of them. Um, cool. some, some, uh, are, uh, alumni of the UWM film program. There you go. So I'm sure you heard lots about it. Um, yeah, I, I really don't, I don't know really anything about that program to be honest. Yeah, it is very experimental and I mean, abstract, very like not Hollywood. Um, I want to make Hollywood films, man. I want to make the Avengers, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Hey, whatever folks are about my friend. You don't like the Avengers? Nope. I don't. I'm not a. I'm not much of a Marvel guy at all, unfortunately. No, I'm just pulling your leg. Actually, um, so I, I, I don't know. Have you? So if you ever get a chance, you can watch my movies that I've made up to this point. And I got to tell you, I got to give you a warning that you're gonna hate it, but it's worth it. It's worth it to at least see where my brain is is going because it's not the Avengers. It's more like I'm trying to create something like um, a new language of filmmaking that I haven't yet seen, which is a, yeah. sort of a, an idea that I have going. I could, I, we could literally go hours. I could talk to you about this idea, but 
in short, like um, I have a very clear vision of what I want to do with cinema and with, with filmmaking. And the only way to do it is to do it. And so the issue is more like, am I being distracted too much to work on what I need to work on, which is making more films because I haven't really made anything, at least I'm not satisfied with the amount that I've done up to this point. I got you. Yeah, well, link me, link me, and I'll, uh, I'd love to see what you've been working on. I'd love uh, to see, you know, because I'm, I'm, I'm getting a sense for your you know, what your sense of humor is a little bit. I'd be interested to see if it, um, because humor does play a strong role in, in, what, in what happens. Uh, okay. Well, I can tell you, um, I grew up on a lot of Monty Python and Terry Same. Gilliam. Yeah. Oh, Terry Gilliam. Well, there you go. Oh, yeah. Did you ever uh, see Time Bandits? So that was uh, when I was a kid. Time Bandits was my favorite movie. Same. So, it was. Yeah. yeah. That I was it. a treat. It was a treat. Yeah. I that was always my favorite. Um, but also, um, I mean, like I enjoyed like a lot of Judd Apatow movies as I got older, you know. Mm -hmm. So my favorite like two comedies, I'd say, are hot rod and walk hard the dewey cox story those are great movies man <laughs> i watched walk hard not that long ago i really love that movie it's it's ridiculous it's absurd but it's one no part of this shit man yeah <laughs> wrong kid died <laughs> dude that movie, that movie slaps man yeah, dude, I I love that shit. Um, so no, I, I I mean I'm a sucker for good comedies, man. I I also love a lot of uh, like I I started watching a lot more comedy uh during the pandemic, like shows that I just hadn't. Oh. So like I got into like Arrested Development. So good. Community. Never seen it. That's good. And then uh, Silicon Valley. Never seen it. Silicon Valley is made by Mike Judge. Uh, oh, and it's 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 so funny, man. Okay, I, I I just I like really like witty but awkward humor. Interesting. Um, yeah. So can I, I recommend like, a show to you? Sure. Okay, I think it may be on Amazon. Do you have Amazon? Um, I can get it. Yeah, we can get it. I can get it. Um, it's called Black Books. Okay. Have you heard of it? No, I haven't. It's, it's a British sort of sitcom, a la like a kind of a, it's like Friends almost, okay. but it's not like Friends. It's super like goofy and great. It's this guy, Dylan Moran, who writes it all. Or I think someone would say Dylan Moran. He's an Irishman. Uh, it's okay. not a good Irish accent. Anyway, this guy, yeah, Black Books is a fucking great, it's from like the early 2000s, but that show, I binged it like four times during the pandemic because it's so... Well, you like Monty Python. You're, you're fine. You're going to fucking yeah. love it, dude. What I'll am I throw saying? it on the list. Yeah. Watch it, man. You'll watch it all in one night. I'm, I bet seasons. I would. It's only three seasons. It, it's a shame. I don't know why it's only three seasons, but okay. Black Books is the shit. Got me through some tough times, let me tell you. All right. Word. All right. <laughs> Check that out. Okay. I'll add it to the list. I love that. So yeah, you're also the visual artist, uh, the, the third uh, tribe of the trifecta. Yeah. So I know you know you have a whole art account devoted to your drawings and uh, and expressions here. So I, I guess you know I'd really just love to hear in terms of like what you've been working on lately, just kind of like what has been inspiring you and just kind of where your ideas are coming from. Yeah, beautiful. So um, been painting for a long time. Um, 
started, started to realize that when I paint, my brain shuts off and there's no, there's no pain, there's no anger, there's no sadness, there's no nothing. And then I was like, well, what is this phenomena? What's happening? Am I entering in some sort of zone? Um, and then I started looking into the concept of like, no mind, no, nothing happening in my brain. <clears throat> and that led me to looking at Zen, uh, like Buddhism, mm -hmm. and uh, realizing that there was a certain sect of Buddhism, or there was a certain uh, aspect to it where the, the arts are really, really important to what they're doing. So taking that philosophy in, and applying it to what I'm doing, I was thinking, well, okay, this is a beautiful way for me to have a connection to the infinite. And so that's kind of where the, the painting comes into play because yes, music can, can express the infinite, infinite and so can film. But I think those things are a little bit more like finite in a way because of the fact that a film is a certain length and a, and a piece of music is a certain length, but a piece of art, visual art, at least in my book is infinite because you could look at it forever. You can put it away, you can put it in the basement, you can light it on fire, whatever. It's like an actual artifact of a moment in time. And so I got really into that and like had a lot of fun with uh, diving into sort of preliminary studies of Zen Buddhism. So that's kind of where I'm at right now and how I can apply that to like while I'm working and stuff. And so that becomes like the driving force in as far as painting goes. And then also wanting money and wanting to become a rich man. And so I want to sell my paintings to make money because that would be amazing because that would be like to go to go blank in the mind to get money from that would be like you're I mean that's just amazing yeah that's the dream that's the dream so anyway you can buy the paintings from me anyone who's watching this buy the paintings because they're great paintings and they're for sale and we'll, you know we'll get them to you somehow we'll figure out how to get them to you how neat is that so neat that there you you can buy the paintings you can buy them and put them in your house. Dude, I know, man. Well, I'd love to pick one up sometime. Uh, oh, you could buy one, man. I sure can. Well, I'm working on a little uh, locals uh, art gallery in my hallway. So you'd be we valuable. You need a Max Devereaux original in that gallery, man. You really do. It's infinite. It would be infinite. Right. Which, that's art, baby. Infinite. That's right um so max as we're closing out here yeah what keeps you up at night have you asked this question to other people it's the same two questions i ask everyone on the way out on the way out okay <clears throat> caffeine but i mean i don't drink caffeine so just that feeling like that just deep nagging feeling like that i haven't done enough i haven't created enough i haven't said enough just that feeling that I just need to keep pushing myself towards the next mountain that I'm trying to climb. The imposter syndrome that gets me a lot really bad. Where I don't oh, feel really? Like, yeah, where I don't feel like I am really doing that much ever. Um, but but uh, positive interactions mm. uh, like, like these uh, really help fight that. Mm. It feels good, so. Oh, hell yeah. Well, I think you should be proud of what you've built and what you've established so far. I mean, the sky's the limit for you, man. Thanks, man. You too. You too. Don't forget it. And so uh, the second question is, what puts you to sleep? Ooh, 
I don't know. I, I really don't. I should answer this. I, re I really should answer it. I want to answer it honestly, but I can't answer it honestly because then it would be this, this, this whole thing would get thrown off. Um, let's just say the thing that puts me to sleep is that this sense of satisfaction that I'll never get. And so I'm never sleeping. Fair enough. <laughs> that works. Um, I get all kinds of answers from that question. So no worries. I want to know the dirtiest one that you heard, though. I mean, people say sex or masturbation. And she, I mean, hey, that helps. I'm uh, not going to lie to you. It crossed my mind. <laughs> hey, that or also weed is a very common answer as well. That's not dirty. Weed isn't dirty. We need to change that mentality, man. That's right. Weed is a uh, it's like wine. It's it's like a good wine at the end of the night. You know, you are so right. Yeah. Thank you, Max Deverell, for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me, man. I'm glad we could do it, man. Uh, yeah. I like you. I like you, dude. You're you have a great uh, like sense of like creative optimism, um, and you're always thinking about like the next thing you're gonna do, mm. and that's super cool. And uh, I'm excited to uh, share uh, your art and music with uh, everyone who watches this. I'll mm. be tagging your Instagram mm. for everyone watching. You know what to do. Uh, thank you for watching, Mr. Nice Guy. In the meantime, we'll see you next time. Yeah, 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 yeah.